it's Debbie McAllister and in this week's episode, another solo one, I am talking through self-compassion. Yeah, it's kind of a big topic. You know, how do you sit in the unknown? How to navigate through worry? How do you process your emotions? We're going to go through an understanding the power of choice with overwhelm, anxiety, worry, going to touch on the four stages of competency and we're going to spend some time really di- you know mixing in really Maslow's hierarchy of needs with self-compassion so stay tuned hi this is debbie and this is light up your worth this podcast is for you the spiritual curious woman seeking inspiration hope and practical knowledge as you navigate a life transition and move forward with confidence in rebuilding a new and radiant life. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other soulful spiritual women who get real and vulnerable as they share their very own unique journey through transition. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom, ill-motivate you, and light up your worth. Hi, this is Debbie, and this is Light Up Your Worth. Welcome to this episode. Today, I wanted to talk to you about self-compassion. I'm going to start you off with a quote by Dalai Lama. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. So when you think about that, think about compassion. How are you? How are you to yourself? How has your week been? Did you have some interesting challenges to go through? I I know for myself this week, it was um, it was kind of a challenging week. There's some uh, pretty big health things going on with my family and uh, definitely impacted by those. And so I had to learn and reflect back on trying to be more compassionate for those who are around the situation. And so I had to really think about what that looked like, because, you know, as you go through and you um, are spiritual and you're reaching to become the best version of yourself, you know, perhaps it's being the person who you're meant to be or who you want to be or the vision of where you're going. And you're working on dissolving old thought patterns, right? old behaviors, dissolving old thought patterns, right? Like that's pretty big, pretty, pretty freaking big deal of when you've acknowledged, like, how do you go about doing that? And one of the tools that I've used um, out in my corporate world is, is understanding the four, the four stages of competency. So it's a tool that I picked up in my performance improvement world. And I thought it shared here, it was actually created, I think in the 1970s by a Gordon training group. Um, by the employee of Noel Birch is who I have found to be quoted in it. And it actually starts out, if you think of a four four quadrant, right? So in the upper left quadrant is really where we're kind of ignorant. It's called the unconscious competency. 
And this is when you're in the stages of life of like, you really are kind of clueless that you need to make a change. Um, maybe you've been doing behavior and you don't even realize you don't know what you don't know. And then we, we begin to move into where we go and we're on, still on the left side and we go down and we're in this awareness and we call this the conscious incompetency where we start to realize that, wow, I really need to do better with whatever that skill set is or behavior or knowledge, right? And so you, you, you learn that you need to actually improve something. So maybe it's an assessment, maybe it's a test, maybe you've come across something in your work or your home life in your relationships where you then realize that you need to, um, you need to get better. So you have this awareness. Then we go from unconscious competency into what is called the learning mode, really, of conscious competency. And so this is where you start to understand or know how to do something, except as you do it, you actually have to practice and you actually have to concentrate. Um, like right now, I'm looking at my screen, right? Because I've been teaching this, but I thought, oh, I, I want to make sure, right, that I get it right. And so I'm, I'm looking over. So that is probably part of this um, conscious competency with this. And then we move into what is called the unconscious competency, which is mastery. So you could think about this if you've been um, learning how to drive, right? At first, you know what you don't know about driving, maybe, or riding a bike. and as you learn it, you still have to, you know, really focus on what you're doing. Once you realize what skills you need, you really know it. And once we're able to do something without really thinking about it, like you just drove home, you're driving now, like most podcasters, you're probably driving or you're doing something else, right? Most podcasts are not listened to why we're just simply sitting there. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of nice, right? To have time to be able to do that. But you're probably multitasking now because you are currently doing something that you were unconsciously competent in. And so you're able to then add something else in. So when you think about this, as far as like personal development and our spiritual, spiritual beliefs and growth of what we're learning, we are really working on dissolving some old thought patterns, some old behaviors, this frequency there, frequently there. And this week I had that opportunity, right, to practice compassion for myself, compassion. It was kind of a, a, an interesting week of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of things going on. And so I had to really um, think about, you know, could I be possibly feeling an emotion that I was uncomfortable with in this process? And that answer came back a big glaring uh, yes, big yes, right? Like there was some pretty big uncertainty, which I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now. And how do we, how do we go about keeping ourselves focused and grounded and feeling in a good space and not kind of get caught up in the world. And I, I speak to it frequently with my guests about the collective energy. There is a collective energy of when you're around somebody else, right? It's in, in the positive way of it, right? When you bring two people together, the collective energy can be very powerful with creating with designing. That's why there's a lot of partnerships in business. 
It's why team dynamics can be so powerful when you bring multiple people together, right? Like your strengths and your weaknesses or, you know, things that come easily to you may not come easily to another. And so you're able to blend them together. And that's why partnerships and collaborations can do so, so, so well. But in the flip side of the hand is that that energy too can also bring you down. And so with the world events that are happening now, um, with whether it has to do with conflict or it has to do with um, the shutdowns and all of that, or the political stuff that's happening, when we pause and we can start to realize like how much of this is mine and how much of this is what I call the collective energy. The chances are, if you're listening to this, you are probably an empath or intuitive or whatever term really resonates with you, which in my definition right now today, that would mean that you can feel other people's feelings. There's probably lots of definitions of it, right? If you went to uh, Dr. Google and threw it in there, you'd probably get up more uh, forms or maybe clearly articulated. But in my my simplified version, I always think of, do you feel things that others don't be? Have you been called, uh, you know, sensitive? Um, you're probably among who I'm probably speaking to right now. You know, if that really resonates for you where others maybe aren't as sensitive to the energy around them, um, or they just don't feel as much or as deeply. And, I used to think that everybody felt as deeply as I did. What I realized, and I've, I've shared this, is that that wasn't always the case. I was, I was actually kind of shocked about learning that as I've, I've, as I've gotten older and matured. And one of the things that the podcast has really, um, really solidified in myself is that with all of these amazing guests that I've interviewed, about 60, is that everybody has felt uh, deeper than those around them. That seems to be a common thread uh, within all of us. And so if you're listening, you are probably feeling something deeper. You're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we all feel that? So one of those examples would be, you know, when something didn't go your way, or maybe a relationship broke up and why others were able to move on faster than you, it might have to do with that or being able to release something or under, not understanding why somebody could uh, let something go easier than you. You're probably, if any of that resonates, and then you probably fall into the same camp that I'm talking about this empathy or um, being intuitive. So what does that have to do with the stages of incompetency? How does that come back to compassion. Why am I sharing that? Well, part of it is, or my intention is really is to understand as we go through and we're dissolving some of those all old thought patterns that really don't, don't serve us anymore. And this is a big thing that we work on in the spiritual or the self-development communities is that we are letting go of things that no longer service. So for instance, we learn, right? As an adult, you would never go up well, at least I don't think you would go up and touch a hot stove. You know that it's hot and it's going to burn you. You learn that as you were going through these four levels of incompetency as a child and somewhere along the lines in your theta brain state, which is from zero or 
in retro and retro, I guess is the word, um, until you're about six or seven, those are all in your, your theta brain state of you learning. And that's why they have such an impact on us. So as a small child, if you go up to a stove and it's hot, your parents are going to tell you it's hot or you got burned. And so that then gets stored into that whole unconscious competency. As an adult, I don't have to be told that that stove is going to burn me or the oven's going to burn me if it's hot. So now say that I want to take another pattern, another behavioral, and one that is feeling um, pretty frequently these days is a bit of overwhelm, which can then turn into anxieties. And so when you go through a big week, like I had a super, uh, super emotional big week, um, there was a lot of uncomfortableness that was happening in the, in uh, walking through this event. And I had to practice compassion, compassion for myself. And because it doesn't serve anybody if I don't have compassion for myself and take care of myself. And just like they say in the airplanes, you must put on the oxygen mask first before you can help others. And so I had to remember that self-compassion and remember to put on that oxygen mask for myself. So what does dissolving old thought patterns have to do with this, right? Well, if I started to feel something uncomfortable with, and I'm really working on how I sit in the unknown, are you feeling uncomfortable frequently? You know, how do we actually change that? So I thought what I do is introduce you to, um, and perhaps you are already familiar with them, is Abraham Maslow's The Hierarchy of Needs. So this is based out of a 1954 book called Motivation and Personalities. And Abraham Maslow was around um, April 1st through 19, from 1908. Um, to June 8th, 1970. And it's been one of my go-to um, for a good 15 years now, I would say 15, 20 years. And if you think about it as a pyramid on the very bottom, it has the, the foundational piece of psychological. So this is really under the premise that each of these phases build upon each other. If you think about a multiple uh, level of color, in Maslow's hierarchy, right? With the baseline of psychological, and then you build on that to safety. And then you build on that from love and belonging and then esteem. And then you have self-actualization. And he really believed in this whole pyramid level that very few people actually get up to self-actualization. A very small percentage of them are, are actually able to get there, which I find kind of astonishing. But then I think to myself, this book that he did, it originated from an article that came out in, in 1943. So if you think back, what was going on back in those uh, timeframes? Well, we were in World War II. Can you imagine putting out something that has to do with positivity and really our own motivation with our own personalities? You know, it took it a while, right, for it to catch on and become more, uh, more accepted. So so humble me here, or, you know, um, maybe that's not the word, but just follow me through this. So the psychological is really some of our very basic needs. We need to be able to have air, water, uh, be able to use the bathroom, 
right? Some really basic needs come into um, this whole psychological part of us to be able to, um, to understand that. And so you, if you're in this mode, right, of trying to work on something and you don't have a place to live, if you are working on something and it's, it's, you know, you're struggling to have some basic things like food in your house, um, keeping your utilities on, um, when you're going through these struggles, what happens is you get down to where you're going to be in this psychological, in the heart, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So you're going to be down in that level until you can actually get a basics of some resemblance of a foundation in place before you're then able to move up into safety. Now, safety can be some really basic things. It can be that you feel safe in where you live, in your environment. Um, it can also be, though, that we have some self-imposed expectations of fulfillment, of wanting more, and wanting more of maybe it's more money, maybe we want a bigger house, maybe you want some new shoes, um, maybe you're you're stretching yourself to really uh, get through school, get through an education, be certified in something that you're doing, and you're really working towards something. But what can actually happen sometimes with that is that we can become overwhelmed. And when we want more and we're pushing ourselves, this overwhelmness can actually show itself with anxiety and worry. And so in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when we talk about safety, this is where anxiety and worry can fall into our progress. So say you've been working in this Maslow's and you've come across and you, you have the basics down, you have your you know, housing's not an issue. You, you're able to cover your basic needs. And then you run into where you start feeling your, yourself a little bit overwhelmed towards and maybe the goals or the, pros, the progress that you're making on certain areas of your life. And then we fall into where we start worrying and we have anxieties. What that does is it kind of like limits us to be able to then woke up into the, the love and the belonging, the, our own uh, self-esteem and self-actualization. It actually kind of paralyzes us with that anxiety and worry. I had heard a quote a while back and it talks about that you can't actually be happy and worry in the exact same moment. And I remember hearing about that and thinking, well, you know what? That's actually true. How can I be happy in this exact moment and, and worry? So sometimes what we do is we, we worry so much that we, we actually can hurt ourselves by not having that self-compassion, right? We put such high expectations, uh, not only on ourselves, but of others. But I think really it goes back to the expectations we have of ourselves. And why do we do that? Why do we put those on? You know, it really goes back to dissolving old thought patterns that no longer serve us. And so we don't want to feel those uncomfortable feelings. And so we get into kind of like this cycle of anxiety and worry where we maybe we make progress towards our goals and then we get overwhelmed. 
with being able to fulfill our own expectations. So this week, as I mentioned, it was um, kind of a a week that I could have been filled with worry and anxiety. Could have been. I'm not saying I never did worry or I didn't have anxiety, but I could have gotten caught up not only in what's happening in my own um, family dynamics, but I could also be caught up in the anxiety and worry of what's happening out in the world situation, what's happening in the city that I live in, the state, the country I'm living in. And I've decided not to. I actually chose that and chose not to worry. I choose not to be filled with anxiety. As simple as that sounds, it's not always the easiest practice, but I have decided, I have chosen for myself that I will show compassion for myself. I've, I've chose that I would be happy and that I am enough and that I love myself. And so part of that process is that self-compassion, practicing that for myself and for others. So how do you go about doing this? How do you get yourself out of, when you think about this Maslow's hierarchy of needs, how do you get out of, you know, you have all the basics covered, but you keep coming back to this level of safety, right? Of the worry and the anxiety. And on this, on the spiritual aspect of it, of the anxiety and worry, you know, they're really close to some of the lower vibrating energies. And so it actually can change your energies and it starts changing everything around you where you pull in more in when you start thinking of like the law of attraction and what we're doing. And so there's a couple tips that I learned and I really had to practice them this week. So I thought I'd share those tips with you to see if they perhaps resonate with you or not resonate with you. So one of them goes back to understanding the psychological basics of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And one of them is uh, knowing that I would have enough food, enough water, um, and sleep. Sleep comes into here. And so I've had to ensure that I am allowing myself to sleep. So sometimes when we're full of anxiety and worry, it can impact our sleep. And so understanding that means that I had to then figure out how is I going to actually process through when I would have moments of these things. And so those are some of the tips. So one of them is understanding your, your basic psychological needs. What are your needs for sleep? What are your requirements when you're going through a transition or a tougher time? Do you need less sleep or do you need more sleep? You know, how do you know how much sleep you have? Well, you can actually even do like if you have a Pentium, um, a Pentium. Um, oh my gosh, no, I can't say the word right. Uh, um, you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh my goodness. You know, your little shiny thing where you can talk to or your rock. Um, oh my goodness, a Pentium. That's the word. Oh, oh my goodness. So I can use that. I can actually do muscle testing. I can just even ask myself, how much sleep do I really need? And what I have found lately is that I need between eight and nine hours of sleep. So I have to do a backtrack into what time do I need to get up for my uh, responsibilities and my commitments, and then kind of backtrack and then work towards that. Now, in helping myself sleep, 
if I'm struggling to sleep, there's a couple of things that I do. I can either take, um, and I usually take it on a regular basis is I take magnesium to help me sleep. So my favorite is the calm drink, um, C-A-L-M and it's easily available on Amazon and, you know, uh, all kinds of different places. You can get it in person, um, or any other type of magnesium. Now you do have to start it out in smaller dosages if you're not taking it because it will, um, kind of clear you out. <laughs> So be careful, start with the lowest amount until you know uh, what that amount means to you. But in taking that magnesium really has helped me um, absorb what's happening and it helps your body uh, with all the nutrition that it, it does. Um, but it helps me sleep, helps me sleep well. It helps my body uh, give it what it needs for integration. And it's really especially good in times of uncertainty or stress, or you're feeling um, anxiety or worry for myself as well. And anytime I'm doing energy work, um, I also am ensuring that I take it. So it's been part of my regular diet for many, 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 many years now. So that will help me sleep. The other thing that I do is I go and I find, and there's a lot of channels that are on YouTube with the 528 Hertz music. And so I'll go find one. I have a couple favorites that I like to listen to, but um, I'll put that on in the background, or there's also an app that I found that does chakra meditations. Um, that was a free version of that, that I can set. Um, I also listen to um, like healing, energetic healing modality. So I, as a, an advanced sacred soul alignment practitioner, I have access to where I've created my own meditations to help me, um, or I listen to my mentors and will fall asleep when that, all that energy starts happening. So I can play that in the background, I've created a couple uh, playlists on my iPad. And so I can put that on also to help me sleep. Um, because I found that sleep has been a really big thing to help me um, adjust. So hopefully you can first understand how much sleep do you really need? Not what you're getting, but what do you really need? And then what are those strategies to help you sleep? Um, I also know that some people use melatonin. I used to use that, um, but I found that over the time, um, I've actually had better luck with um, keeping my magnesium levels um, up versus using the melatonin from this is just for myself too. The other thing that I'm doing is that I am understanding and I would ask you to understand how do you actually process your emotions? Um, you know, how do you process your emotions, especially the uncomfortable ones, right? This uncertainty feeling that can then trigger more anxiety and more worry, right? This kind of not a, a, a good cycle to be in. And so what I have found is that for myself, let me know if any of these resonate with you, but doing stuff that really doesn't require me to think sometimes helps like cleaning, <laughs> cleaning, yard work, driving. These are some of my go-tos being out in the earth. Maybe it's planting some plants. Maybe it's um, starting up a garden. Maybe it's planting trees. Maybe it's pulling weeds. Um, sometimes just being outside. I know when I can connect with the earth has been super grounding. One of the things I've done too, if I'm having struggles with sleeping, there's two actually other little things I do is I can actually go touch the outside part of an electrical outlet. 
strange, huh? Sounds a little strange, but what I do is I press it um, because the electronic currents that are going through me from all the electronics being the use, it gives them a way to discharge back. The other thing I've done is I will take off my socks and I will go out even if it's cold and step on grass. So hopefully you can find a spot where there's no snow this time of the year, um, but just being outside and connecting um, has really made a difference. I also enjoy driving where I can put on uh, music or I can put on podcasts. Like maybe you're listening to this podcast because you're out driving. <laughs> I'm not sure, but that really helps me uh, process through and think through my own thoughts. And because I found that I used to journal a lot and, and I'm finding that I'm not journaling as much and I'm not sure why. Um, it's one of the things I'll look at. I'll go in periods of time where I've been journaling since I was a teenager. And then I'll have periods of time where I'm not journaling whatsoever. And so sometimes journaling helps me, right? Like mind mapping where I'll put a circle in um, and then I'll just do different um, different main topics. And then I'll just kind of clear my mind of all those thoughts. So a mind map can also help me instead of uh, journaling if I'm just to help me kind of get going. It's kind of like, you know, we learn it a lot too, when we're writing papers or you're doing a research or a project, you're trying to just um, do brainstorming with it. The other thing I do, and all of these have involved is being alone. And maybe that's not something that you're able to do these days. Maybe you have a house full of kids or teenagers and um, you're not able to spend time alone. But if you are, um, that's when I'm able to really do some more processing. Um, and then lastly, the thing I do is I am full of gratitude. And use things to remind me. So I end my day with gratitude. You know, I am so grateful for whatever that is. Um, some days I'm only able to think of a couple things as I fall asleep. I think of what I'm so grateful for. So I am so grateful that you're here listening to this. I am so grateful that I live in a world where as a female, I am able to do a podcast. I'm so grateful for the software that I'm able to do this. I am so grateful that I've had opportunities to learn in my life, to have these experiences. I also have read over the years, you know, you can have a gratitude journal. I know that really has worked in moments of time where I'm struggling every day to find that gratitude. But when I think of, and I, and I call in the self-compassion, I end with gratitude, end with gratitude. And I really want to breathe into it and feel it in my soul. And sometimes I'm not able to do that. And that's okay, right? I am so grateful that I'm able to have both experiences. So one of my favorite people that I had come across in my journey is Melody Beatley. And here's one of her quotes. Gratitude makes sense of our past brings peace for today and create a vision for tomorrow. One of my other favorite people is Jim Rome. And he says, learn to be thankful for what you already have while you pursue all that you want. Because 
as we've learned, we're learning, right? Anxiety and worry are really about self-imposed expectations of fulfillment, right? The more we want, sometimes it can cause overwhelm. So have that compassion for yourself. Learn to find out how do you actually process your emotions? You know, what works with you? Try try one thing. Now, we, we want to stay away from the shoulds, right? Oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. This is not about that. This is not about shooting all over yourself because that's not the intention of this. The intention is to have compassion for ourselves. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. That's how we started out with Dalai Lama's quote and really learning to find out what tools or support or knowledge that you need to, to go figure out, right? Like if you have just gone from the unconscious competency to a conscious competency of knowing that you have an awareness, right? You went from being more ignorant or unaware to having an awareness and now you want to go into the learning mode and then on the mastery is that a lot of the guests that I have on here are all the guests really are doing a modality or they're some type of coach that can help you in this whole learning stage the whole idea and the premise uh, there was a few of them behind this podcast and one of them is is to find a community find a community of what you want to learn, what really resonates, who resonates with you. Um, Right now, I find that I'm being drawn to sounds, right? Like I want to do more sound healing, sound codes, sound lights. That is what's really drawing me at this moment in time in my whole learning thing. And so I realize that that actually helps me through that whole safety with the love and the belonging. Um, The other premise for the podcast was that you realize that you're not alone. You've never been alone. You never will be alone. Now, does that mean there's somebody physically sitting right there with you? No, maybe not. But you were never alone, ever. This is full of a wonderful community. And with all of the the beautiful heart-centered soul people that I've introduced you to, that you can find communities with each of them. They all have their own communities. They all have the people who they all resonate to. So I hope that you've picked up some uh, little tips here today, you know, learning about the four stages of competency, understanding compassion, how we go um, thinking about old thought patterns and Abraham's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I want to thank you for being here and I'm going to pause. And after we come back, then I'm going to read one of my uh, favorite things to read for you on some of the stuff that I share with myself. Hi, we're going to pause and we'll be right back. Hi, Debbie here. Are you a lover of essential oils, crystals, energy healing work, channeled messages, positive affirmations? Well, do I have uh, something to share with you? My friend Nikki is the owner of Sage Essential Oils. She's on Instagram, 
sage underscore essential oils. I'll include that in the show notes. But I wanted to share with you that she does these amazing essential oil alchemy blends that have crystals and these amazing blends of essential oils called ground alchemy, calm alchemy, uplift, nurture, daydream. And they're all these really delicious and yummy blends. She also includes with each order a personal intuitive affirmation that's downloaded and channeled just for you and a beautiful postcard. So as a healer, she's a Reiki healer and she does ancestral healing sessions as well. And she's located in Australia. And so if you want to try these amazing things, I highly recommend them. I love them and use them in my own life. So again, her Instagram is sage underscore essential oils. Let her know that you heard about her here on Light Up Your Worth podcast. Be blessed. So welcome back. This is something that I read and have read for a very long time, over 20 years. I found this, this was a Doreen Virtue in one of her first books that I had read. And so this is a shout out for her for doing this. I am a good person. Today, I release my pain. Right now, good is happening to me. I love the little girl inside of me. I take very good care of myself. I deserve the best that life has to offer. I am whole and complete. I give myself permission to take care of my needs. I enjoy taking care of myself. My family benefits when I'm happy. I ask for and accept help from others. I am strong. I believe in my dreams. I can achieve whatever I can see. Today, I am taking steps towards realizing my dreams. If it is going to be, it is up to me. I accept challenges. I am creative. I am a good problem solver. I have common sense. I am a successful person. I manage my finances well. I surround myself with loving people. I expect and deserve fulfilling relationships. I attract happy, healthy people into my life. I am investing in my future. It feels good to take care of myself. I reward myself for my efforts. This is the perfect time to work towards my dreams. I trust my judgment and inner voice. 
I am intuitive. I follow the path that is best for me. I express my feelings. It is okay for me to be honest. I am always in good company. I am safe and secure. I expect the best to happen. Good things are happening to me right now. I am planting seeds for my future. I enjoy my successes. I accept compliments. I take calculated risks. I am making a wish list and it is being fulfilled. All my dreams are coming true. Life is a wonderful journey. My body is perfect, healthy, and whole. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I want to send you all out love and sunshine and know that you are never alone. You have value. You are so worthy of everything that you want, that you need. When you think about your Maslow's hierarchy of needs, think about how and where are you? Are you in the psychological, the safety, the love and belonging, esteem, or in the self-actualization? And know that if you are down in the safety or the psychological, that you are working towards changing that. You're dissolving old thoughts and patterns and beliefs that is changing your life simply by being the person you are meant to be and that you can do this. So sending you much love and sunshine. And until next week, know that we are releasing two episodes a week now. So we will see you soon. Hi, it's Debbie. Hey, I wanted to share a group that I joined um, earlier this year called Polka Dot Powerhouse. It's a way to get to know people in person, right? I don't know about you, but after spending so much time alone last year, the beginning of this year, I was really seeking an in-person way to meet like-minded professional women. And so I kind of stumbled upon uh, the Polka Dot Sisterhood and I joined as a member and I absolutely love it. It's a very uplifting way of women supporting each other, empowering, collaboration as we get to know each other as people and as professionals uh, and networking and sharing our services with each other. I'm part of the Carson City, Nevada branch and if you're interested in joining us you can go to polka dot powerhouse that's p-o-l-k-a-d-o-t-p-o-w-e-r-h-o-u-s-e.com and let them know that you're interested in going to a meeting and let them know it's from hearing this on my light up your work podcast and i'm debbie McAllister. Thanks. See you soon. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm hoping that you learned some tips 
with self-compassion, learned a little bit about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the stages of competency and learned a little more about the power of your choice. I'm so glad you're here. If there's somebody that you know who would benefit from this, I would really deeply appreciate you sharing it with them. If you feel called to, to leave me a review on Apple and hit subscribe so that you can get it in your inbox first when we have a new episode. Know that there's two episodes a week now, every Wednesday and every Saturday. And I'm so, so grateful. I am so grateful for you as my listener, being part of the Light Up Your Worth community. Sending you sunshine. Thank you.